kids Come join us at the corner Of the round table to the corner of the round table now i apologize for the sound guys i've just got my uh, earpod airpods in i don't have my microphone with me today as i'm in melbourne for a wedding a uh, big shout out to brian and annie who get married later today um so we're going to do the usual thing it'll just be me again though we're just going to do a weekend review i've got three horses that i, I think we can follow um then we'll talk about this weekend now I don't really want to touch too much on Kembla grange and cranbourne due to the weather that could potentially come and then we've got a couple of doom and that we want to discuss as well um so weekend review uh jambalay the friday tip got really um Got a really good run there from, or a really good ride there from Jamie Carr. Blitzed the field and went pretty much the line untested. Um, I think the horse has stakes grade ability, and I think it'll go on to, to bigger and better things. I don't think we'll be getting a price about it next up, particularly given how easy it did put away that field. Um, we ended up having fifth. Well, I ended up having fifteen units spent um, bets a week on the weekend, and we came back with forty two and a half units, which was really really good. So, obviously, we tipped Lekvate there with about the $9 on the pot. It started $5, I think, in race four there at Newcastle. Um, Joe Pride gave it a big push when he spoke with Luke Marlowe on Saturday morning. So, I think that could um, be one of the indicators as to why the um, the price really dropped. Um, the Hunter, the Cold Crusher, was enormous. Uh wasn't easy to lead at Newcastle on, on the Saturday. Um so he did really, really well, and I think he did break the track record that day. I thought King of Sparta was fantastic also in defeat, and I think he's Magic Millions bound because we know he has a great affiliation with the Gold Coast track, so that's only, what, I think five, six, seven weeks away. So I think he's on in line for that. Uh, in terms of the Rupert Clark, considering uh, Magic Time jump from barrier 15 and one from lane nine, when no horse did the entire day, it was a phenomenal effort. Now, she gets a, a free ticket into the All-Star Mile now because of that run. Um, it'll be interesting to see if she actually stretches out to the mile, but Beggy's a great trainer, so I think he'll, he'll know what to do with her. Uh, in terms of the 1,000 guineas, obviously I was very keen on Skybird, but after watching races one and two and seeing that, uh, the rails and up and in with a pattern of the day, I, I ended up not betting on her. Um, she was enormous in defeat considering how that pattern was. Um, all credit, though, to J-Mac with Jolly Star. Used gate one really nicely, sat handy, and, and then obviously gave gave nothing else a chance. Um, I'm excited to see, though, what, what comes of Skybird in the autumn because I think she's a really, really good horse, and I'd love to see her um, step out in trip and maybe even get towards the 2,000 metres depending on whether she's up for it or not. Now, in terms of horses to follow, I've only got three uh, because, again, like I said, there's a lot of grand finals have been going around, a lot of horses going around in their grand finals. So the horse that I want to follow from Doombin was a horse that we spoke about in Party for One. Um, it was, I think, in the last race there at Sunny Coast over the 1,000. Um, it sat five wide the entire trip after drawing barrier 11, I think it was, and it almost won. Um, I think it heads now towards the listed mode plate there at Doom and over the 1,200 metres, which I think is next weekend, and I think it'll be very, very hard to beat. I've then got Gennady, who was against the bias there at Caulfield, um, ran on enormously. Um, again, I'm not sure where it's going to be heading, but um, I think it's a horse to follow. Now, Gennady spelled G-H-A-N-A-A-T-I. 
And then finally, we've got Rustic Steel. Now, I put this in the black book and I said it was a horse to follow a few weeks ago when Rustic Steel was first up. So he was really good again there um, at Newcastle in, in the Hunter. Obviously, I think he's more better suited over the 1,500 metres to a mile. So I think the Ingham is a mile, which is coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. I think he's a ripping chance there. And I think he's about the $11 mark when I last checked. So I think he's going to be a good chance. Now, this weekend, we've got Kemble Grange with the gong happening. Um, there's not much I really want to touch on that here at Kembla, just because there is expected between five and 10 meals, both Friday and Saturday. So we could be dealing with soft and potentially heavy going. So I want to be be cautious with that. Now, Kembla is one of those big wide open tracks. It's got a long 460 meter straight. So it usually is quite fair in racing and it gives every horses a chance. And we've got to remember the rails in the true also. So I've just got horses in races uh, four, six, and seven that I just want to com- um, six, seven, and nine that I want to comment on. Um, they're not necessarily bet, so it would be wait and see until Saturday morning. So we've got a black booker in race four there in the BM seventy out of a twelve hundred meters in Miss Hellfire. Now she does step up in trip, which is fantastic. Now she clocks some amazing sectionals. I think some of the best six, four, and two hundred meter sectionals of the day last start there, um, and she was beaten in a race uh, that was dominated by those up on speed. Um, she's got a great second up record, uh, and I think she's better suited over the 1,200 metres. It'll just be a whether it's it's soft or heavy going that will determine whether I have a bet or not. Race six, we've got another one that we've we've been a fan of in, in Tazaral. He's had a short layoff now. We've got to remember he, any hint of rain, and this horse just runs like on, in quicksand. He's got no chance if it rains, so... The likelihood is the Snowdens will um, scratch him if the rain does come, so I wouldn't be freaking out by that if you have taken the, the early price or the early bet on him. Now, in the in the Hunter, or um, sorry, not the Hunter, in the Gong there, Osipenko clearly is the best horse in the race. It's like if you go through and have a look at this, no one else is a genuine Group 1 horse outside of this, fly, this fella. And really, he only has to give away five and a half kilos to the bottom weight. And he's actually carrying two and a half kilos less than Cepheus, which is so interesting. Uh, the blinkers do go on for the first time. He does get J-Mac. The only concern I have is, um, is, he, is this an afterthought for him? And is this due to the fact that he did pull up or he pulled up lame in the lead up to the uh, Golden Eagle? I don't know. I think 350 is a fair price to find out. Um, I clearly think he's the best horse in the race. It's just a matter of whether um, he's down and ready to go or if this is just them trying to just get a bit of money. Who knows? Now, in terms of race nine, now, I think if Emperor is here, I think he just, um, sorry, not, not race nine here. If in terms of, this race, I think there's only two winning chances. Now, Emperor is nominated up there at Doombin also, and he's in the field now because he was an emergency. So I'm praying and hoping Matty Dunn goes there because I think in terms of you look at this race, only Emperor and Headwall uh, look the winning chances. So if Emperor does scratch and goes to, to Brisbane, there's a bet up there for you, and Headwall will go down here. Um, both are class runners over over this, and I think the rest of them are pretty weak. Um, Emperor handles the soft going. So if he does stay down here and head wars, one in the heavy and soft going also. So both of them are great winning chances, rain, hail or shine. I just hope they don't clash because if they do, I won't be betting into the race. Now, in terms of Cranbourne, I'm only going to touch on the Cranbourne Cup, which is race nine. But the 
bit of track background. So the track, uh, the rail's in the three metre position for this uh, this meeting. Now, again, same sort of thing. They've got fine leading up to the weekend. So I'm here in Melbourne now and we've got beautiful weather here, but they're expecting 10 to 20 mils on Saturday. So Cranbourne is traditionally one of those tracks where it's it's more favourable to be up on the speed. Um, and, and being up and in. However, if we do get that rain, then the likelihood is that inside will chop out and you'll probably find them seeing fanning out and coming down the middle of the track. So just keep an, keep an eye on, again, this weather and the track conditions because that'll dictate a lot of things because there's quite a few horses in this Cranbourne card that are really, really good mudders and then there's other horses which just hate it. So let's touch on the Cranbourne Cup. So my speed map here is, I look at it here and there's not many leaders on paper. So I think from barrier five, I think you can see um, Hit a Shock leading this relatively easily from Accension, who'll probably uh, roll on over from barrier 11. Excuse me. And I think every other horse will kind of find their, um, find their spots there. So we'll touch on market order because I think really when we look at it, Rain Halosh on, there's only three winning chances. And the first one's Foxy Cleopatra. So she was enormous in that Hong Kong jockey stakes behind Scoo Whiff, who then we, we know was enormous last weekend in the Rupert Clark. Um, it's one from one second up, one from one at the distance, and is trained on the track here at Cranbourne. So we know it's going to handle the, handle the going. Um, Craig Williams on board is arguably the best track walker um, going around. The concern I do have, however, though, is where whether she can actually handle the heavy going and um, where she's going to be in this map. Because if you go back and watch that run that she had there in that Hong Kong jockey sack, she was all the way out back and then rocketing home to the line. So if she's out back, she might have too much distance to make up on, on the other two fancies in this, in this race. So I think she's right favourite, and I think she had that flashing light on her last start and brings, obviously, the screw with form. So I think that's a great, she's a great chance. We've then got Just Folk. Now he's a proper mutter. He's uh, five starts in the in the heavy going for three wins. Um, he's got a much better record there on soft and heavy going than he does on the good. Um, he probably brings the best form lines in this race coming out of the Crystal Mile. Um, he gets Bo Mertens, who's absolutely flying, as we know. Um, it'll just be a matter of navigating through horses from Barry and on, and and I have no doubts that he'll be in the finish. Now, obviously, we've got here to shock. So this is the map horse for me because of barrier five. I think the horse will lead this race very, very easily. And if, if the inside's off, then there's nothing wrong with him fanning out once he hits that home straight. And I think he's going to have a lot of um, bit of a head start over Just Folk and, and Foxy Cleopatra coming into that straight. Now, the horse is... Um, Daniel Stackhouse knows the horse really well. And you look at the stats to say that he's probably got a better record there on good. But you go back and look at him last prep. He won a 1,400-meter Achuka Cup race um, by three lengths on the heavy eight. So I've no doubts that he's going to handle the heavy going. Um, because if you look at the other two, he carried 62 kilos in a BM70 to only go down by two lengths on a heavy eight there at Sandown. And then he also carried 62 kilos in another BM70 over 1,300 meters at Sandown. So he's probably had the big weights that have probably um, been against him. Um, but I think with, with only 56 and a half kilos, I think he's right into this. Now, if you're looking at it purely from a betting perspective, for me, I think here to shock is a great bet purely for the fact that he is the map horse, but I do concede the other two horses are great live chances as well. So bigger piece of advice is just uh, keep an eye on how the track is playing. If it's playing up on pace, then back here to shock. If you're finding that it's quite heavy in in going, then you could probably have a bet on here to shock and just folk um, and maybe chop out on, on Foxy Cleopatra if, if that's how you like to play. 
That brings me to Doombin now. So Doombin, the rails are out four metres. Um, we had a decent amount of rain in Brisbane throughout the week, and it was currently a heavy nine as of Wednesday when the races went round there. So on Wednesday, the rail was out 10 metres, so they obviously did that to preserve the rail position um, uh, for, for this weekend, which is a great thing. Um, now, it is usually an advantage to be drawn, probably barriers one to six there in the sprint trips um, at Doombin, but it does seem to race relatively fairly, and most horses will have their chance, but just keep an eye on that race pattern, and um, those race patterns as, as you watch them, and, and certainly don't be betting into the first or second races, that's for sure. So the races we're going to talk about is races seven, eight, and 10. So the race seven, this is the Eureka Stud Classic over 1,200 metres, so set weights and penalties for fillies and mares. Now, I think it's just one of the races of the day. There's some very, very good chances, and I think um, it's all going to come down to how this track's playing um, as to who who really gets it. So there's quite a few speed influences in this field with Windside, Self-Indulgence, Eagle's Nest, and Extremists all roll forward, and the rest of them kind of just will... Um, kind of just fit in where they are and I think Chatty Lady Ekaterina and Comrade Ross will probably be in the back back end of, of midfield. So we'll touch on market order. So Eagle's Nest comes out of a, an on-speed dominated race which actually we touched on Miss Hellfire earlier in that race. Um, the horse was very, very good. Um, didn't get a whole lot of pressure in that race. I think there's going to be a bit more pressure up here now. Um, does get the services of Jimmy Orman after his successful trip there in the Middle East. I think he bagged five winners from six rides on his first first day there or one of the first days there. Um, horse is drawn really nicely to sit up on the speed. It's just whether or not it's going to handle that pressure. Now, um, good, hasn't won at the trip but has performed and, and run second at it before. So I think the horse is great. And um, Greg Ryan and Sterling, like, you know, don't bring horses up here to Queensland for, for a run around. Uh, the next one, the mark is, uh, well, she's had a bit of a drift, is Ekaterina. Uh, she drops back from the 1,400 metres to the 1,200 metres, which is which is interesting. But she did beat home June 45 by, by 0.7 a length. You end up going on and franking that form and winning the Malulabar Cup last weekend. Um, Probably does her best work at Eagle Farm, however, has won at Doombin before. It's just a matter of whether horses are running on or not down the outside, where the likelihood is the track's probably going to be the inferior ground, given that they race there on the heavy nine there on Wednesday. You've got Comrade Rosser. So she's um, a black booker of mine after her first up effort there in the Keith now behind Extremist. So she was enormous. She was out the back and then she uh, weaved her way through the field and absolutely rocketed home. Now that was over 1,200 metres. I was hoping to see a step up and trip over the 1,400 metres, but I get the reason why um, she's obviously here. So I think you can make, it, make a case as to why she's been met with some early market support. But my concern is just that she hasn't stepped up in trip, but she does have a good distance record. She had 10 starts for three wins, a second and two thirds. The concern I do have is she has never won at Doombin here. So she's one to watch. And finally, we've got Aureus Angel. Now, I know Con will appreciate this being a Muncie horse. Now, she's got a great first up record. She gets the services of the informed Queensland jockey at the moment, Damien Thornton. She loves this trip and um, was around Comrade Ross the last campaign and a few of the listed and group races, which is good. Um, she had a really nice trial on the 29th of the 10th also over... Um, uh, I forget where it was. I think it was at Doombin. At Eagle Farm, sorry. So I think she's another really, really good chance. So map map is going to be the key with this because if I think if um, 
it's it's going to be interesting to see where everyone ends up. And I think if if Eagles Nest can control this without very little pressure, I think it's a great winning chance. But I think if it does get the pressure, I think it sets up for those swoopers. And I think Comrade Rosser and Aureus Angel are probably the ones to, to keep an eye on. So in terms of a betting, I'm probably going to sit this one out just because of how clear it is. But if you do see an on-pace bias, then I would be backing Eagles Nest. Um, race eight, the recognition stakes. So uh, another listed race. So we, as you can see, we're starting to ramp up in towards the Queensland, uh, wind, uh, sorry, summer carnival, which is then obviously highlighted by the, the magic millions down there in January. So in terms of the speed map here, we've got speed influence as a reach, Hollyfield, Zushak, and potentially Zarastro, uh, rolling across from that wide barrier and the light weight. So like the, how I look at this race is like the railway stakes. There appears to be only one genuine group or listed horse in this field. Now, I've got no doubts that some of the other horses have performed at that level, but I think there only is one that really stands out to me, and that's Scolopini. Now, I don't stress about the weight. You'll see 61 kilos versus 53 for Zarastro, but um, you go back and look at his form down in Victoria. He's raced at Flemington over the 1,400 metres with 60 kilos twice, and he's killed it. He's got great first up stats. Uh, he's got good distance stats. He's drawn really nicely in barrier seven to kind of stalk that speed. Uh, Boris has actually trialled him. Um, the only knock I have is, is he going to be wound up ready to go um, as this is clearly not his grand final? And I, I don't know where uh, Matty Hoisted and, and Steve O'Day are aiming him, but he's the class horse clearly in this field and brings the best form lines. So I think how I'm going to approach this race is if you see any sort of market support for Scolopini and you get the tick of approval in the yard, then I'd be backing him. But if you do see Bernadette Cooper comment and say that he's probably carrying a bit of condition and this will likely be a bit of a pipe opener for him, then I wouldn't be betting. Um, now, race 10, I think I touched on it in terms of Emperor. I think if he comes up here now, he's in the field now, but if he does come up here, I think he just wins this race. He's clearly the best horse, and that run that he had there in that Class 3 highway last start was just arrogant. Now, um, he's one at the track and trip before. He's two from two at the distance, and Matty Dunn, don't bring the, he doesn't bring them up to, to, um, to Brisbane very often, but when he does, he's usually got a very, very good strike rate. So I think he is an absolute living and breathing if he comes up here, now you're not going to get much about a price about him. If he does scratch from Sydney because he's, what, $1.85 now, so the likelihood is he'll shorten again. So maybe wait late to see if there is a bit of a drift. Now, I don't normally talk about WA Racing as that's more Corbs' realm, but I thought I would touch on the Group 1 Railway Stakes over there in WA. So in terms of the speed map side of things, there's a decent amount of speed from a few roughies, but I think Tuvalu is going to get the perfect run just behind that speed or even on speed if Jamie Carr sees fit from barrier four. Um, Maricino, I think, will roll in from the outside, as will Massimo and Comfort Me. Now, you can see here they've got 460 roots, 460 for Alfasina, um, Alsafina, sorry, and then you've got Tuvalu at 480. So you can see that the market has probably narrowed it down to three main chances with with Bustler and Carly's Karma and, and Forgot You, probably the roughies of the race. So Alsafina, great horse with immense ability. Um, I think she's looking for the mile now where she's got an amazing record. So three from three at the distance and then two from two at the track and distance. She obviously clearly loves Ascots and never missed the Quinella here now from eight starts. Um, the concern I have for her is where she gets in from that run in barrier seven. Um, I actually would have liked to draw in a little bit more out um, personally because I'm worried that she might end up in a bit of traffic and is going to have, have to navigate a gap. And if Tuvalu's got its way up front, he um, she may be giving him too much of a head start. So 
I'm just a bit of concern about the map for her. Obviously, she's carrying 53 kilos, which is much less than what she's been carrying um, over her last two starts. Um, so like last start over the 1500 meters, she was carrying 59 and then 54 in the Asian bow there as well. So I think she's definitely the pick of the Perth horses, but I think the other two horses up from over here in the East are, are just as good a winning chances, if not better. Now, Roots, you can see why she's been met with some market, port, uh, market support. She's always had a huge boom on her. And the way she loomed up and put away that field in the hot Danish was something really good to watch. And obviously, Tommy Berry's flown over to WA for this. Now, I do think the barrier is slightly sticky, but I think she'll come in a few barriers if these emergencies don't get into the field. And with her racing pattern, she's likely to flop out the back anyway. So I wouldn't be too concerned with that. Now, that, this brings Tuvalu. Now, this is my pick in the race. Um, now, when you look at this field, like I spoke to about with Scolopini, Tuvalu looks the only and genuine Group 1 wait-for-age horse in this field. Um, I know Roots has like, done some group and listed races here, but she's, she's never been to a Group 1 and really performed. Um, he's got almost 10-plus handicap points on the next best horse in this race. So this is pretty, pretty amazing. Now, the horse is genuine miler. He's had nine starts for three wins, three seconds, and two-thirds with his only blemish coming in the group two blamey in March but I don't think the horse came up that prep and they put him straight out after that run as you can see this um the, the four runs he's had this prep have been all fantastic he's got form around Antino Alligator Blood Dwayne Solcom without a fight Attrition just to name a few so you, you look at those horses and what would they be starting in this race likely two three dollar favorites so I think when you're looking at it from a map perspective, the horse's ability, and we've known a long time that this horse is going to be aimed at this particular race. I think this Tuvalu looks the best bet of a very, um, on a day that is very tough to find many bets. So I think he's a great chance, but if poor Corbs does a, a pod with Con and, and Dano, I think he'll probably have a, a bit to say about this race as well. So if you're looking at it from from betting perspective for me, I'm going to sit back at the moment and just wait and see if this weather comes. But I do have an interest in Miss Hellfire there in race four at Kembla Grange if we're on a good deck. Um, I think uh, if Emperor now that has made the field here at Dooman, I think Headwall in the last race at Kembla Grange is going to be a great bet. I'll probably likely have a bet on here to shock each way there in the Cranbourne Cup. And then at Doombin, I'll probably just sit clear of that race seven unless I see some crazy sort of uh, on-pace bias. In that case, I'll be backing Eel's Nest. Um, I think Scolopini, if I see him looking well on the yard and get the tick of approval from Ber uh, Bernadette Cooper, then I'll probably back him and then Tuvalu as well. Now, I had a look through Friday's fields there for everyone, and I struggled to find anything. Now, there is a horse in the, la in the eighth race there that I've got in my black book that I really like, but I think there's plenty of better horses in this race. So I do have concerns with it. Is The horse is race eight, number three, Abula. Now there's no jockey booked, which is a bit of a concern for me. So likely just I'll probably scratch it. Um, Josh Parr has written the horse before and has opted obviously to ride Gilmore, who is uh, Peter and Paul Snowden horse. So the likelihood of him getting a run is probably slim to none. And I don't like the setup, but I do like the horse. And I think if they probably dropped him back a little bit in grade, I think he's a ripping chance. Um, outside of that, I really don't have anything. So I do apologize for that. Um, it's just a tough, tough weekend uh, of racing. So I uh, hope everyone likes the, likes the potty, um, has a winner on the weekend and good luck if you are betting.